welcome to the BU Review Service Podcast. This is our first episode of the semester. We're thrilled to get started here with a review of WandaVision. I got three great panelists with me to help break the show down. We've got Caitlin Riggio, Haley Paraday, and Sierra Sorrentino. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Excited to, to get talking about this. So, Sierra, why don't we start with you? Can you explain in the simplest terms, and I know that's a hard task, what is WandaVision? What is it about? So, at its core, it's, about, it's focusing on two of the Avengers. We have Scarlet Witch and Vision. And um, it's set in, like, the first couple episodes are set in the 1950s, 60s. We have some sitcom vibes going on, but that's not necessarily all the show has to offer. Marvel does have its classic like twists and turns that it puts into the show. It is a little bit of a slow burn, but it's worth it, in, in my opinion. Okay, so Sierra just mentioned the first couple episodes set in the 50s, 60s, and then it changes from there. How does that work? What's going on here, Caitlin? Um... Yeah, it's like Sierra said, it goes through kind of the different decades. And from my understanding is a lot of the episodes, individual episodes will emulate the sitcoms from a different time period. So there's like a little bit of like bewitched vibes in some episodes and there's like Brady Bunch vibes in other episodes. So I think that's kind of the understanding that you go into with it's your same characters. You're still dealing with Wanda and Vision and even some of their neighbors that you kind of meet throughout the show are kind of the same, but the time period that they're kind of living in kind of switches as you go through different episodes. So it's really interesting and kind of unique. I've never really seen anything like it where it's similar storyline, similar characters, but time period wise, it jumps around a lot. And there's a lot that plays in with that. A little bit confusing to kind of put into words, but like Sierra said, um, very sitcom vibes with some Marvel twists and turns in there as well. Yeah, so Haley, this is interesting to me. I'm hearing about how it's like classic sitcoms, but that doesn't necessarily square with what we think of as a like Marvel and a superhero show. And these characters are obviously superheroes. So how does that work? Can you remind us where we last saw these characters on the big screen? Yeah, so the last movie that we would have seen both these characters in was Endgame, which wasn't really a great place to leave them with... Uh, vision kind of not being there but so it's picking up after that we don't know exactly how long after that it picks up but sometime after and then we transition into what this story is for the tv show right so for those of you who haven't seen uh infinity war and the follow-up end game vision is killed by the big bad Thanos, uh, Scarlet Witch disappears for a time, comes back. So the last we've seen, Scarlet Witch is alive, Vision is dead, we're in the present time, and then all of a sudden the show WandaVision begins and we are flashed into a 1950s, 60s sitcom. Okay, great. So you guys have touched on this a little bit, and especially uh, Caitlin talking about how this show is kind of unlike anything you've ever seen. If, if you try, had to try to describe the, the vibe of the show, what it feels like to watch. How would you get into that? And uh, why don't you get us started, Caitlin? So that's one of the interesting things that I think I've been feeling it. A lot of people online have been kind of reacting to it. 
it's unlike anything that like I've definitely ever experienced kind of within the MCU where I think your typical um some of it this lends itself to just the different format of like usually I know there are a couple like Marvel television shows there but typically you go in for your Marvel movie it's two and a half hours you get one storyline per movie even though it connects to like all the other stuff that's been happening in the MCU and that's it two and a half hours you're in you're out you're done having WandaVision be kind of this made for streaming platform tv show where you're getting bits like in like 20 to 30 minutes it really lends itself to kind of a new format where there's almost like a mystery element too where every single episode you're getting bits and pieces about this world that you're being fed and you learn a little bit more every episode and it's a very different viewing experience and then you add in the fact that you have to wait because that's how Disney Plus does their episodes you have to wait week to week to see what comes next what else you're going to learn I've been thinking about this TV show all week since catching up and watching the episodes last Friday so yeah it's really nothing like anything that I've ever come across personally within the MCU in all the best ways I think they're doing a phenomenal job kind of really taking this new platform they have with Disney plus and like absolutely running with it I always fascinated with how the different networks and shows choose their how they how they're going to drop these streaming episodes and we've seen it a bunch of different ways the the weekly drop hbo is sometimes done where three episodes per week other otherwise we get the classic netflix the whole season all at once uh sierra how do you feel about this friday release date Uh, does it help keep you engaged with the show or do you just want it all at the same time I'd say it's a 50-50. I, I especially after, no spoilers, especially after the fourth episode, I'm like, I want it now. I want my Netflix binging marathon now. But I feel like it kind of gives you that old television show by before we even had these streaming um, services. You know, we waited and we watched, like sat in front of the TV week after week, anticipating, making it like a moment. And I feel like that's what I'm going to do, especially since now we're all pretty much at home most of the time. So it's like a nice excuse to kind of give yourself a little premiere moment with the show and get like re-excited. And I feel like it just kind of amps me up for it instead of maybe on the other hand, I probably would have watched it all in, in a day or two. Maybe I wouldn't have caught like maybe the small Easter eggs or maybe I just wouldn't have gotten the themes as well so I feel like it's kind of nice that they're that they're pacing you so it sounds like the show has all you guys hooked which is great but I think we probably can all attest to the fact that sometimes the fact that a show gets us hooked does not actually mean that the show is good sometimes we we crave junk food Haley what about this show is it good is it worth watching would you say I think so, because just what I'm seeing so far, I do think there's going to be like impacts later on in the MCU, especially because if I remember correctly, the people who are working on the movies, they're involved now in this. So it probably is going to become essential. Yeah, that's right. Just to jump in on that point, the creator of the show, Jack Schaefer, was a co-writer on Captain Marvel and also the new Black Widow movie. So definitely uh, behind the scenes, it's all connected to the rest of the the MCU as well. So, I mean, it it sounds like, and, you know, true Marvel heads are going to watch this show because they're going to want to watch this show. 
I'm curious, is this completely inaccessible to somebody who has not been following the movies? Like if, if your friend hasn't seen a Marvel movie since Iron Man 2, like can they jump in here or would you advise they steer well clear of this? Caitlin, what do you think? Um, I wouldn't say it's completely inaccessible. I do think you need a little bit of background information at the very least because Scarlet Witch is, and Vision as well, are both such central parts of the show and the show itself. While I think you can enjoy it without kind of some of that extra background knowledge, it would definitely be beneficial for you to have that. For one thing, because it is Scarlet Witch, she's been around um, in the MCU since I believe Age of Ultron. So being able to kind of watch her development through the movies and like everything that happened with Age of Ultron to everything that happened in, I believe, Captain America Civil War and then Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War, it really helps you lay the ground for who she is, what she's been through, what her story is. And that's definitely beneficial as some, you get introduced to more pieces of the puzzle. And obviously there's still episodes in the season, but I expect that it'll be even more important as they lay out episodes. And then you have the added benefit of even like minor characters from throughout the MCU that you get introduced to that pop up throughout WandaVision. And it's kind of hard for me to say because I do have that context knowledge. I think they do a decent job like filling you in on who's who if you don't have all that knowledge. But coming from someone who did, it was so surprising to be like, oh my God, it's them. I haven't seen them since this movie and now they're here. So while I don't think it's totally inaccessible, if you're not caught up on like every single thing, it will only benefit you if you have a little bit of knowledge, if that makes sense at all. So, I mean, Marvel movies have been in control of the Hollywood landscape for over a decade now, starting with Iron Man in 2008. They are the summer blockbusters every single year. We've had multiple releases. Then Endgame happens 2019. We expect to transition to this next phase and then COVID hits and uh, we go a year without any Marvel movies in 2020. This year, the deck is totally stacked once again because we have those films that were supposed to come out last year on top of the ones that were already scheduled to come out this year. So currently there's four Marvel movies scheduled to come out in 2020, though the release date calendar obviously has been in flux for about a year now. So that is subject to change. And then we've got this Disney plus MCU television slate, really a new frontier for them. And they're looking to kind of continue that world domination. So on top of WandaVision, they've got five more Marvel shows slated to come out in 2021. I'm curious, you guys, fans of the movies, fans now of WandaVision, what, how, what's your feeling? What's your take on, on Marvel on the small screen? Is this going to become an indispensable part of the universe? Are we at risk of, of Marvel oversaturation? Sierra, how do you feel when you look at the calendar and see 10 more Marvel things coming out this year? Well, my Marvel fan self gets really excited, but, um, you know, too much of a good thing can lead to negative consequences, but I feel since WandaVision is the first taste of what Marvel's Disney Plus can give us, I feel like it's kind of invigorating, especially since, as you said, we haven't had any Marvel content really for a year. So I know people are itching for it. And I 
feel like they're delivering on that and then some. Um, so it, it should be exciting. Hopefully all the other shows that follow up, like I know um, Falcon is supposed to be getting his own Disney Plus show. So hopefully they kind of match up with the same, just same quality. And, and it also gives us a little bit of a different um, like taste breaker between the movies also, because I feel like WandaVision, it, it's a little bit more artistic in a way, and it kind of doesn't make you feel like, oh, okay, this is the regular MCU action movie that we all like, but we're all kind of, you know, it, to be expected by. So maybe they'll surprise us with this new content. I'm excited. Haley, anything to add on that? Thoughts on uh, the television MCU now? I do think they could easily use the television to, for lack of better words, have content constantly coming out, like at a smaller rate to help divide up like some of the movies. Because when we were waiting for Endgame, there was a huge gap between the last two movies. So if we had something like that, it would have helped for better, lack of better words, just like tied us over until we get that movie. So that could be good, but there is a lot of backlog, which is a little worrying because they could have been like releasing them on Disney Plus, like what they did with Mulan. So we wouldn't have a bunch of movies all at once, but I am excited for them. <laughs> well, I like what you said about, you know, having content to tide us over as we've been living in quarantine and staying in our apartments. We've obviously been starved. I think everybody's been waiting for the next shows and movies to come out on streaming. This podcast is gonna take a look at them. Really excited to get it started. So make sure to tune back in next time where we will be talking about whatever's biggest in the streaming world. Thank you so much to Caitlin, Haley, and Sierra for joining me here today. I hope you all have a great weekend.